and welcome to Ask Matron. My name is Robin Barker. I am a mental health nurse who's always hoping to hear about uh, new advances in nursing practice. And I'm joined by my colleague who's really just hoping to hear. <laughs> Chris Kerr. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris Kerr. I'm an emergency nurse. And I'm dual qualified paediatric nurse too. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Ask Matron. Please follow the conversation online using Twitter at Ask Matron or follow the hashtag Ask Matron. Or if you're not on that particular form of social media, you can contact us at askmatronpodcast at gmail.com. Very good, Chris. Oh, thanks. Top I've been marks. practicing. <laughs> She didn't even have her little script with her. <laughs> Just has the email address in a very large font. <laughs> Ask Matron is a podcast for student nurses, for information and entertainment, and not for instruction. Please see the other people that you work with, your mentors, your link tutors, all of those guys for all of those queries. Not that we're saying they're not entertaining, but we're hopefully a little bit more entertaining. Mine was certainly entertaining during my training, my, my tutor. We digress. <laughs> On this week's Ask Matron, we're talking about getting a job. Gives a job. Gives a job. Gives a job. <laughs> Something Chris and I have had to think a lot about <laughs> in the last six months and really probably every few years. Yeah. Something about wearing out your welcome. Well, you speak for yourself. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of correspondence about the subject of getting a job. So first of all, we're going to take an email today from Gareth, who asks that he's trying to think about a job and he doesn't know where to start. Any advice? Good question, Gareth. I think we've probably got a lot of ideas about where to start. It probably depends on the place that he's at in his training currently, which is quite important. I think always looking around you. For me... And this is partly because we're both based here in the UK um, and in England. I go on NHS jobs. That's the first place that I start with in my job search because there's so many jobs out there and the NHS makes it quite easy by just gathering them all together in one centralised place. I think you're right. The NHS is such a big and vast place. The NHS jobs is a brilliant platform to start looking on. When you're first starting to look at a job, I guess the first thing you need to think about is where you want to be, as in location. For me, that was probably one of the most important things. And from a safety net point of view, it's quite nice to stay in the same hospital to get your first job. I would agree with that, actually. Yes, I think if it's, it was certainly my plan when I finished my training to, to stay on and work in the local area where I was. And the first job I applied for when I was coming up to qualifying was a job, not that I found out actually through NHS jobs, but was a job that I found out about because it was advertised within one of the teams where I'd done a placement. It was only when I didn't get that job, <laughs> not bitter, <laughs> that I began searching wider and ended up getting the job I wanted that I found through NHS jobs because I kind of broadened my net out and it was important to me to have the right first job rather than to have the wrong first job in the right location. But I know that for a lot of people, their location, their geography, they're not able to be as flexible as I was at that time. And obviously, you know, the dinosaur in the corner over here didn't have NHS jobs when she first looked for her first job after being a student. But I think it's important to think about where you've been in your placements and actually what you enjoyed. 
because that's going to be helpful in focusing where you want to go. And some people know instinctively when they start off where they want to be when they qualify. I knew I wanted to be an ED nurse. I knew that from the very beginning, but I also knew that there were things that I needed to do in order to get there. So I applied for jobs that were broad enough that I could then transfer skills across. Thinking about where you want to go is quite important and where you've been that you'd like to go back to. I certainly wanted to stay working within child and adolescent mental health. And if I couldn't get a job working in that, I was going to keep looking until I found one, which which I did. So, but it was, that was the key decision for me was I knew where I wanted to work. And some people, they might not know where to work. And I guess the advice that I've given quite a number of students and colleagues that I've worked with over the time is work where you enjoy. I think that's a really important place to start. And if you're not really sure where it is you want to be, start broad. Don't start specialising really quickly in an area that you're not sure you're going to like. If you're in an area that gives you a broad exposure to things like a medical assessment unit, for instance, actually that gives you a wide scope of things and then you can start narrowing down from there if there's something that you find that you enjoy more when you're on that area. I think as well, everywhere has got transferable skills. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to remember as well, that yes, start broad or wherever you start, don't feel that you're going to end up being stuck and pigeonholed in that area. Absolutely. One of the great aspects about nursing is that we can work in so many different places and take so many of those skills and apply them elsewhere in areas that some people might not put together with being linked. So for example, one of my friends I've been trying to convince for years to come and work within child and adolescent mental health, and they had a background working in forensic mental health. And you would think, what, as working in a secure setting with adults what has that got to do with children but actually they're amazing at engaging people that don't want to engage with professionals they're amazing at assessing risk those are great qualities that you need to work with children but for somebody on the outside might think how are those even linked or just think i don't want to work with you (laughs) they could also be thinking that Thanks, Sorry, I thought I'd get my own back. Let's go to Twitter now, quickly moving on as I sob silently. Claire on Twitter writes, seeing your dream job on NHS jobs and realizing they accidentally posted it two years too soon. Hashtag student nurse problems. That's really difficult. And I've seen jobs even now that I think, oh, if only that had been six months time or a year's time. And there's always going to be an element of that. But it's about focusing where you want to be in two years' time. So if that's the job that you want to go for, what do you need to get in order to get there? My advice would be to save that job application as well. Download everything that comes with it because you can look then at what the person specifications are going to be, what the job description says. Absolutely. Start working towards that so that by the time you get to that point where that job might appear, you've got everything. And it's also about not quite engineering your own job, but there is an element of that in that as you're going through your career, you will do certain aspects of education and certain experiences that will help to refine those particular skills that you want to see in that job role. That's a very good point, Chris. Making the most of where you are and applying it to somewhere you want to be, especially I think we've talked before in previous episodes about if you're having a difficult placement and you're somewhere you're not really passionate about working in that area, you can still take things from that and apply that to where you want to be. And that's really important when thinking about job applications and your next steps. 
And it's also about reading what they're expecting from the job. Something I know that a lot of student nurses that I've mentored have struggled with, to be honest, it's something that I know a lot of colleagues struggle with, is that request for a personal statement when it comes to all of these applications for jobs. How do you feel, Chris, about the personal statement? So having shortlisted lots of applications, I have got to the point where I now bullet point my supporting information because it makes it easier to read. So what you don't want is a 3,000 word personal information sheet supporting what you why you want the job, including... <laughs> you're looking very concerned, Robin, because clearly well, you write even dissertations. If written, <laughs> even if it's written by me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not really interested that your auntie thinks that it's a really good job opportunity. But on a serious note, it's about narrowing down what you think is important. So I would always advise that you speak to the person who's advertising the job and make notes while you're speaking to that person because that's what you want to bring into your supporting information. So if the first thing out of their mouth is the CQC have said X, Y, Z, you want to make sure you've put that in your supporting statement. That is a really top tip actually that we should hammer on about, which is that person on the sidebar or that's in the advertisement that says contact for more information, contact them them for more information. I think it's a really good idea to meet with that person if you can. In person is great or telephone call as a second best option to talk through with them and get an idea about what they're looking for and what the position involves because they might be able to give you something about the history of how that role's been developed and you'll have an understanding about what need it's being put out there to help fill because that might not be completely evident by the job description that you might be reading. I would also say, though, even if they say that they don't want you to come around and visit the unit, that's not necessarily a negative thing because the number of applications, for instance, that come through for the emergency department may be of such volume that actually we can't accommodate everyone that comes around, depending on which emergency department you work for. So it may be that they say, no, we'll show you around on your interview. And that's absolutely great. But see if you can engage them in a conversation, even if it's email dialogue. You know, there's an email address for that person. Also remember the fact that they don't answer you straight away isn't necessarily a bad sign. Mm. They might just be figuring out which of their six passwords opens this email account. (laughs) Absolutely. So one tip I would put on your supporting information is that you reiterate the information that you've given to that person when you've spoken to them initially. What makes you stand out from the crowd as the nurse that That they they want want to employ on their unit? Completely agree with that, Chris. And I've got a great comment that I found to (laughs) finish up with, which comes from Dan on Twitter, who writes, something that would make doing assignments, dissertations and job applications more fun would be a puppy. (laughs) Hashtag just saying. We are not advising anybody get pets to make applications more fun. However, Dan, we're in complete agreement. (laughs) Absolutely. Having said that, once it's done, it's done. And on that note, we shall finish up this week's episode of Ask Matron. Thank you so much for joining us and thinking about jobs. Who knows? There might be some openings in the future for Ask Matron co-hosts. Good luck. (laughs) Or or maybe you're wanting to get into the podcast game yourself and uh, we'll be 
know where this is going. <laughs> I can't help you. I'm going to stop rambling and let you get back to the important work that you're all doing. Thank you so much for taking some time out to listen to us chat amongst ourselves. And we'll see you very soon on the next episode. Good night. So um, let's take an email. So um um. So um um. Have you learned nothing? <laughs> well, you kind of were over time. Have you oh, no, learned nothing? The first one.